Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. another episode of Over the Top from the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey today, and today we're going to be talking about the second edition of the college football playoffs. And you know what? I'm going to get into my NFL midseason awards. I waited on them a little bit longer than midseason, but you know, I think it's time. And so getting into it, we're going to go straight into the awards. Um, I'm going to give MVP last, but we're going to start with Defensive Rookie of the Year. And it's hard to argue this guy's not going to... isn't going to win the award already. Um, he might even win Defensive Player of the Year with the way he's performing. But Nick Bosa, defensive end for San Francisco, I mean, wow. Talk about a stud. He is playing out of his mind. He is literally leading a defensive front in in San Francisco that, honestly, I, I, I didn't see coming. I don't know how many people really saw this type of 49ers performance coming this season. I know they just lost yesterday. But you know what? That defense, you got D. Ford, you got DeForest Buckner, you got Nick Bosa. You know, they're a force to be reckoned with. John Lynch, he did a heck of a job building that team. And, you know, Nick Bosa, he he did a good job sitting out most of that year for Ohio State. It's probably better he didn't play because now he's refreshed, ready to go, and, man, is he playing well. It's great to see. On the flip side, offensive rookie of the year, you know, it's hard. I don't want to go against my boy Minshew, you know, 
mustache mania down there in Jacksonville, but odds are he's not going to play the rest of the season with Nick Foles back unless Nick Foles gets hurt or starts losing a bunch. So I'm going to go back to the Bay Area, to the other team in the Bay, at least for this season. Josh Jacobs, running back, Oakland. The dude's being a, is a stud. I mean, absolutely a stud. I don't even – average – has a 740 yards already this season. I mean, come on. As a rookie in Oakland, he's probably their only bright spot consistently on offense. You can you can guarantee he's going to at least sniff the end zone, if not get in the end zone every game. Uh, it's great to see. Guy, you know, he has one of the best stories from the draft last year. Previously homeless, living in his car. Three-star recruit goes to Alabama, of all places, a running back. Ends up starting. What? Where did that come from? You know, the three stars recruit three star recruits don't start at Alabama. They never do. Five star recruits don't start at Alabama. But you know, here he is. He started, played for him, you know, helped him win a national championship. Gets drafted by the Raiders. Well, crap. That would probably be my thought if I got drafted by the Raiders. But here we are, you know, midway through the season, and he is outperforming everybody. Honestly, probably one of the more consistent running backs in the league right now. Uh, it's great, you know. He's another story. It's you know, it's great to see uh, the whole Bay Area. You got young players in the Bay Area. Unfortunately, Josh Jacobs won't be in the Bay Area much longer. Um, you know, going to Vegas with with Oakland, and it'll be, you know, he's he'll probably be the the highlight of that team when they're in Vegas for the first couple of years. So, you know, good on Josh Jacobs. So, I don't know. I don't know what to expect for him for the rest of the season, but I will say, as of what we've seen so far. I can't complain. The dude definitely definitely is deserving offensive rookie of the year, rookie of the year so far. And then moving from the from the rookies, moving up to defensive player of the year. I mean, I don't know. This one's tough. I you know, you have so many players that have moved teams, so many players that have adjusted, you know, to a new setting mid through midway through the season like Jalen Minka. I'd love to give it to Minka just from the way he's performed, but that's so new. I mean, he wasn't doing this down in Miami. So it's kind of hard to give it to anybody. Aaron Donald's injured now. So, you know, I'm going to take a flyer on this one and go with my boy Shaquille Barrett down in Tampa Bay. I mean, have you guys seen the stats he's been putting up this year? Leading the league in sacks, you know, beating guys like Miles Garrett, Chandler Jones, Aaron Donald in sacks for the season. Like, what? what's going on down there? So, rise up right now, my defensive player of the year, Believe it or not, is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are winning an award. Not any of the ones anybody, you know, expected, but I do have them winning, the, you know, Shaquille Barrett winning this award, and whether he's a Buccaneer at the end of the season or not is a different story. But as of right now, I got to say, I think I got to give that one to Shaquille Barrett. So moving to the other side of the ball, Offensive Player of the Year. Now, this year, honestly, you could probably give Offensive rookie or Player of the Year to the same guy as you give the MVP comes down to the same two people Russell Wilson Christian McCaffrey and honestly I don't know which side of the fence I fall on if you listen to our videos about ranking the top five rankings I'm harsh on both Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey probably a little more so on on Wilson but I gotta say I gotta give offensive player of the year I'm gonna give it to Russell Wilson because what he's doing in Seattle with only really Tyler Lockett I mean, he dances back there in the pocket too much for my taste, which is why I'm not giving him MVP. And I'll get to that in a second. But to me, Russell Wilson will get your offensive player of the year. It's hard not to give it to a quarterback who's doing so well, who is in the MVP race. So 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it to Russell Wilson. I'm not going to give him full credit, but I'm going to give him some credit. But to the man, the myth, the legend, CMC himself, the MVP for me this so far through the midway point. I mean, I said it before the season. He's a number one running back if there's no Cam Newton. And there's no Cam Newton this season, and he's the top player in the NFL. You know, that guy is going to do whatever it takes to get his team to the, into the end zone. He's going to do whatever it takes to get a win. You know, I know Carolina is not winning a whole lot of games. But, but, I got to say a but in there. But CMC is the best player in the league, hands down. I mean, it's hard to do everything you need to from a running back position because you don't control the ball every down. Every down. But he might as well be controlling the ball every down anyways. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball. He's going to run somebody over. He's going to, you know, block somebody. He's he's going to do everything in his power to get his team to success, and he's showing that. And, uh, you know, I got to give it to McCaffrey. It's he's, As of right now, that is my MVP choice so far. Um, but just kind of to throw a couple out there, uh, Coach of the Year, I got Sean Payton just for the job he did without Drew Brees. I mean, you, you lose Drew Brees and you put Teddy Bridgewater in. Well, what do you expect? You don't expect them to go undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater. That's what you don't expect. And on that note, Teddy Bridgewater, through six games alone, wins comeback player of the year, hands down, in my opinion. There's not really any other player that could fall into that category other than Teddy. But I do see it, and in my opinion, it is Teddy this year. So just to recap the main point, MVP, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, Russell Wilson, Defensive Player of the Year, Shaquille Barrett, and then Defensive Rookie of the Year, Nick Bosa, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Josh Jacobs. That kind of just re-sums up the main awards I'm giving up. We'll, we'll see what DJ's list is. I know he'll give his on Thursday, but you know maybe he'll, he'll probably have some differing opinions on this. Who knows? He might love Russell Wilson a little more than me, uh, but... You know, moving on from the pro game down into the college game, week two of the college football playoff rankings just got released. And surprise, surprise, LSU, after that victory over Alabama, is your number one team, jumping over Ohio State at number two. Clemson is sitting at three, Georgia at four, and surprisingly, they had the balls to stick Alabama out of the top four. But given Alabama privilege, they still have a chance. Sitting there at number five, Alabama. And number six is Oregon, number seven, Utah. That'll be decided by the Pac-12. Minnesota, though, upset Penn State. They only get to number eight. Undefeated team behind four one-loss teams. And they're an undefeated Power 5 team. How is this this okay? Come on, college football playoff rankings. Do better. Minnesota is an undefeated team. I know they got to end the season against Ohio State in the championship if they make it that far undefeated. But still, as of right now, all signs point to that. You're giving them an outside shot by putting them at eight, but you're not really giving them a shot. You're still giving them a shot for Alabama to sneak in over an undefeated conference conference winning team. And I know I'm biased. I, I don't like Alabama. I'm an Auburn fan, do and die. But you can't keep looking at it and say, Oh, the eye test gets Alabama in. Well, what eye test? The eye test from this season? Because I haven't seen them do anything this season. They have not beat a good team this season. That might change if they beat Auburn. So be it. Whatever. But you know what? As of right now, they haven't. They look like crap against LSU. And honestly, the scoreboard didn't reflect how really just 
desperate Alabama looked on offense. They were Tua looked like a human. He looked like everything I've thought him to be. And you know what? It's <laughs> it's just going to get worse if once defenses see what LSU did to him because while LSU didn't play d- didn't play a perfect game, they played Tua perfectly. You know, yeah, they gave up points to Tua, but it was on maybe five big plays. You know, honestly, it's <laughs> and it wasn't Tua really doing any of the scoring. It's, it Tua looked like an average quarterback. He looked like an 18, 19 year old kid, 20 year old kid, you know, in college. And that's what I've always thought him to be. I've never thought him to be the next coming, but you know, the, the guys on the other side of the state, I got to say they, uh, they love him some Tua. So, you know, I don't get it, but Alabama rules ESPN and ESPN rules the airways. So that's where we're at with life, I guess. Um, but you know, honestly, LSU gave a, gave a plan on how to beat Alabama and on the flip side of that, Alabama gave a plan on how to beat LSU. If you watched their passing game and their run game for Alabama and how it pieced apart LSU's defense at times, and I know I'm saying this with Grant Delpit injured and, you know, they lost Divinity for the season, but you got to learn. I mean, that's something that's not going to go – Divinity's not just going to walk back on the team. He's out. Um, you know, Delpit will get better, but as of right now, you're not getting Divinity back in – well, let's let's be honest. He's he's a big cog in that wheel, so I don't know how they recover on defense. Um, but I do think they're still good enough offensively to cover up that hole. It's just a matter of if a team like an, an Auburn style defense and an offense that is really competent, uh, because Auburn obviously didn't have that offense. Alabama had it for two quarters. Um, can a team get it from you know the start to finish? Can they get a competent offense to go along? with a stifling defense. And if you can get that, I don't I don't think LSU can win a title. But there hasn't been a team that shows a stifling defense to go along with a competent offense all season. Really the only team that showed that all season has been LSU. So, college football fans, I don't know if there's a ch- there's a chance for anybody else to win, but honestly, if I'm looking at it from an outside perspective, you know, it's hard to say LSU is not going to win a title. And I know they're only nine games. You know, there's still three games left. But let's be honest. If you're looking at this LSU team, you don't see a weakness. I mean, I don't care if they go up against Ohio State, if they go up against Clemson, if they go up against Georgia. Everything anybody's shown, up on, shown on film right now does not show what it needs to stop Joe Burrow's offense and Grant Delpit's defense. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think we'll see it. I think the best chance, though, Anybody has is if Clemson, 10-0 Clemson, yes, I freaking Clemson again. If Clemson can can just stay consistent, get through to this championship game, I do think Lawrence has the passing ability. But on top of that, their running back is, you know, Etienne is, what in my opinion, he was the Heisman favorite going into the season. And just Clemson really hasn't had the opportunity to get him racked up on yards like other teams because they're beating teams by just enough. They're not really showboating. They're not showing out. They're not doing anything special. They're just beating teams. So, you know, we really haven't seen the the Clemson because we haven't had to see the Clemson. You know, there's a lot of times second, third stringers are in before the end of the game for Clemson games. So they're only winning 21 or 31 or something to, to 14 or 21. Uh, it's It's... 
it's one of those things that a lot, not a lot of these pundits are talking about is Clemson sitting here at three. And honestly, they could probably be at two or one and it'd be just okay because they haven't played their starters for a whole game in a while. Uh, and we saw what happened when, when your starters don't play for a while in Oklahoma losing in a close game because they hadn't played a fourth quarter yet. So hopefully that doesn't happen to Clemson. But if I'm looking at any team on the outside that or on, you know, out of the playoff teams currently that can beat LSU, I, I look at Clemson and say that's probably your best chance because Justin Fields isn't going to throw all over you for Ohio State. They have weapons, but they don't have a quarterback who can take advantage of close coverage. You know, like if if somebody's covering their, his receiver, but he's got a two-yard gap, Justin Fields won't fit that ball in. You know, not t- not every time. Uh, Lawrence will fit that ball in at least over 50% of the time. Um, and that's the difference. I don't think Justin Fields can fit that ball in over 50% of the time. He is a, he's an athletic quarterback, yeah, but he has an arm. I'm not going to take that away from the dude can blow a top off of any defense. The problem with me that I see with him is when it comes to narrow passing windows, he tries to overestimate the gap, and he will end up throwing tip passes or just out of the reach of his receiver just because he's not really – He's not trying to throw it where they're, they're, they're going to be. He's trying to overestimate where they're going to be. He, he definitely tries to aim it when he's passing into tight windows. And that's it's something you can't really – it's hard to explain. People are like, well, you always obviously aim when you throw the ball. Well, yeah, but there's a difference between aiming and passing. You know, passing, is, it has aiming included, but it's not your main focus. When you're aiming the ball, you're focused 100% on where the trajectory of that ball is going. And that is never how you need to pass a ball. If you're teaching a kid out there and you tell him he needs to aim that ball, you're wrong. Flat out. Um, so for all you guys that might comment and say, Ohio State's going to – I'm overlooking Justin Fields, this, that, and the other. You know what? Through two seasons, he has yet to prove me wrong. <laughs> you know, he has he yet to prove me wrong on his passing game. His passing game is not that good yet. And I say that because he still is a sophomore. He still has two years. You know, it's not the beat-all, end-all. Ohio State doesn't win the title this year. They will be competing again next year for a title because it is Ohio State. Whether we like it or not, everybody, it's just like Alabama. They're always going to be up there because of the system they've built. Um, you know, I've, I've said all this about Georgia, or about Clemson, about Ohio State, and about LSU and Alabama. But the one team I'm not talking about is Georgia, uh, who – let's just say has probably the biggest game on their schedule coming up this week against Auburn at Auburn. Uh, I have, I have, you know, I have to wear a Georgia shirt for this game because I lost a bet. So I'm not too happy about that right now because I'd rather be wearing my orange and blue. Uh, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold, I'll hold, hold myself accountable and you know, I'll wear my Jersey or well, my t-shirt, but you know what? Georgia, if Georgia can get past Auburn and they can show a competent offense, if Jake Fromm tries not to do too much, if he stays within himself and they use their running game properly and can get Auburn off balance between a run pass and not be the predictable team that Georgia has been all season, then I think Georgia can win. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, if Auburn comes out and can play offense for at least three out of the four quarters and their defense continues to do what their defense done has done all season, uh, good luck, Georgia. Uh, good luck, Jake Fromm. Um, 
sorry, Jake from Jesus, because you probably won't ever take Georgia to a title if you can't get past this Auburn team. Um, you know, I like Jake Fromm as a quarterback, as a game manager. But by, just like Justin Fields, by asking him to do too much, you end up hurting your team. Uh, Jake Fromm can he can do enough, but he gets he tries to fit it into two two tight windows all the time. You know, if he could take a little bit of his gung ho gunslinger mentality and just dial it back a little bit, kind of like what Aaron Rodgers does on the next level. Not saying Jake Fromm is Aaron Rodgers, but like what Aaron Rodgers does, similar things. Um, you know, I think he could be a lot better, but he just tries to take too many risks when he doesn't need to. His team is good enough without him taking risks. If he can check it down and honestly become the check down king, if you will, and and just check it down, you know, take the big play when it's there because it's going to be there against Auburn's defense. You can blow the top off that defense. It will happen. We've seen it from any passing team. You just have to take your shots and hit your shots. You don't have to force your shots. When you force your shots, that's when you turn it over. But if Georgia can stay within themselves, if Jake Fromm can stay within himself, Georgia can win, and they can stay in the playoff rankings. Georgia needs to win. They can't lose and still stay in the playoffs, period. (laughs) It just can't happen. Uh, You know, yeah, they have the, the tiebreaker on Florida. You can't – if you lose to number 12 Auburn right now, you will never be able to get the college football playoff ranking team uh, committee, if you will, to put you back in the playoffs. It just won't happen. Um, and then we'll all be stuck watching Alabama play in another college football playoff that they don't deserve because they won't be their conference champion, period. So Georgia – For all of us, and I'm going to put my Auburn fanship aside, for all of us who don't like Alabama, if you beat Auburn, thank you. But if you don't, well, then I'm going to have to put my hopes on Auburn, and I don't think I'm ready for that heart attack come come the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, I'll be all stuffed in on stuffing, on turkey, on ham. I don't think I'm prepared for that heart attack. So we'll see what happens. Uh, But so we got a big week coming up in college football. Uh, yeah, definitely going to highlighted by this Georgia Auburn game. Um, we'll see what happens. I, like I said, I, I think Georgia can pull it off, but I do think this is a bigger test than anybody's giving it credit for. So we'll see. Um, but I, you know, we'll see what DJ comes up with for his his midseason awards. Uh, he might talk a little bit about college playoffs, but he's probably gonna. I don't know. Maybe he will. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see what he comes up with later this week. And we'll talk about it on Sunday. We will actually release an episode uh, next Sunday. We just got busy and life took a hold and, you know, things fell aside. So we'll, we'll release our episode on Sunday as well. It'll be the two of us. But until then, later. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.